ready to begin. What year is this? The year is 2020, and this is Beyond Sin. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth, episode 237. Yeah, and uh, we got a nice packed show today. So my guest later on in the show will be 2D Cat. And uh, we had a fun chat, and I hope you enjoy hearing about semiconductors and... Because uh, <laughs> we... <laughs> It's a kind of a technical conversation, but it was funny for me because I was trying to learn things uh, while he was explaining stuff. And I thought because this year is all wacky and stuff, I thought I would just bring back segments. You know, when I uh, said I wasn't going to do segments anymore on the show and I thought, you know what? This year is so stupid. We're just bringing them all back. So today we're going to keep it 80s with Marco Merrick. And we'll be doing that after we listen to a few songs. And Marco's going to join us and he's got a bunch of tracks that he wants you to hear. And uh, and that's the plan. So how about we get this show started and listen to some cool music i'm andy by the way i'm the host just so we're clear all right so look here just in case you've been listening for 237 episodes and was like what the fuck's that guy's name again so look here is an awesome track from craver it's called spacebound featuring colin lee and you are gonna dig it
All right, and that was Spacebound featuring Colin Lee, and that's by Craver. I feel like Colin Lee, wasn't he in another song I really liked? Was it a Craver track? Hold on. Yeah, it was. It was a track called Million Like Me. I knew I recognized that name. So there you go. So Craver. Uh, That's a cool track. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Now there have been some updates, so let's go to the Patreon. All right, we got a new donor in the Triple Six Club. That's the donation of the beast. So say hello to Electromagnet. I don't know why I'm telling you that. I'm saying hello. Hello, Electromagnet. Thank you for donating to the show. Satan. And then a new donor, Dennis LaFunk, in a club all of his own, the 1085 Club. Well, thanks, Dennis. I really appreciate that. I hope you're doing okay. Uh, If you don't know, Dennis uh, has a SoundCloud where he puts up uh, cool mixes, and uh, you should go check those out. I've actually had Dennis on the show before. Uh, Last year, we used to do a thing called High Five, where a guest DJ would come in and pick five tracks, and I had Dennis on as a guest. You can check that out, but uh, I suggest going to Dennis's SoundCloud, Dennis LaFunk. He does some cool uh, DJ mixes that are sort of uh, in and around the synthwave scene, but he also likes the, the, the disco stuff and the beats and... Uh, yeah, they're good. He does this uh, thing called Disco Fusion. I think he puts out one a week, maybe even more. He says hashtag disco or hashtag French touch. Anyway, thank you, uh, Dennis. Hope you're doing well. I saw your Instagram, saw you were doing some cooking that looked actually really good. That's a nice way to keep busy, putting effort into uh, learning how to cook nice-looking meals and stuff. All my meals look the same. So anyway, thanks, bud. And a new donor in the $25 club, we got Jimmy the Hut. Jimmy the the Hut, you are a cool guy. And I'm assuming Jabba's brother. Although I don't think it was ever established. When they call them the Huts, because they would say like Jabba the Hut, but I think like in the prequels they refer to them as the Huts, like they're a crime family or something. Is it that Hut is his last name? I don't think I've ever actually figured that out. Like, is he Jabba the Hut? Like the Hut is his last name, or like the Hut is the name of the clan? Do you know the answer to this, Jimmy? <laughs> I tell you what, we'll listen to another song and then I'll go on the fucking Wikipedia and find out if The Hut is Jabba's last name. But uh, thank you very much, Jimmy The Hut, a new member of the $25 Club. You are awesome. So look, thank you all for the new uh, supporters. Let's listen to some more music. So this is a cool one by an outfit called Prototype Club, and this track is called Accelerated Dynamics.
right, and that was Accelerated Dynamics by Prototype Club. And I dug that one. had a cool sound. I dig it. And uh, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. And I'd like to say that Gus Velichek has upgraded his support. Thanks, Gus. You are a cool guy. <laughs> You are, man, so thank you. So now you're in the uh, the $15 club, which is not an official club, but as far as I'm concerned, if you support Beyond Synth, either by going to uh, Beyond Synth at, uh, or, no, uh, Beyond... <laughs> <laughs> by going to patreon.com slash beyondsynth or beyondsynth.com and click on the PayPal button. Uh, that is also a way. There's even a sort of PayPal subscription service that's similar to the Patreon. But anyways, if you do that, you can make up whatever club you want. Because as far as I'm concerned, if you support Beyond Synth, you're a cool guy or gal. There's some cool gals in there, too. But I just call everyone guys, because I'm a, a bad person, apparently. I feel like I read an article saying that that was a bad thing to do. But uh, but I feel like I read a lot of articles like that, where people are always telling me, like, uh, things you shouldn't do anymore. And what I want to hear, man, is I want to read articles telling me what I should do anymore. What? Oh, yeah, I was going to go to the Wikipedia. Anyway, thanks, Gus Velichek. You're a cool guy. So what was I doing? I was going to Wikipedia to find out what? Wikipedia. Jabba the Hut. Jabba Des... Tear Colloquial Jabba the Hutt... What? A fictional character in the Star Wars franchise. He is a large, slug-like alien known as a Hutt, who, like many others of his species, operates as a powerful crime lord within the galaxy. So Jabba has a last name? Desilligic Tear Tear. What? I love Star Wars. <laughs> Like, nothing's ever simple, eh? Like, you'll just see some fucking robot in the background. It's like, that's TJ101. And then you type into fucking Wikipedia to find out. It's like, TJ101 Sama Zingzangzo was actually a fucking smuggler of the rare spice known as Bloombach. And, uh, you know, like, they always have them stupid fucking story. Anyways, look, let's listen to another track, and then maybe we'll go keep it 80s with Marco Merrick. Uh, so this track is going to be brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, of course, the kings of the Pattersons in the $88 Club. It's Robert D. Bishop and Chris dance and with the 82 Mike Shima which I refer to as the three kings of supporting me (laughs) (laughs) anyways you guys are awesome so uh, here's a cool track I'm going to be honest with you I just thought this uh, bass line was cool man I don't know why I have to say I'm going to be honest with you I wouldn't lie to you I never lie to you Uh, it's by uh, someone called Netizen 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 N-E-T-I-Z-E-N Netizen and uh, it's called Refractor, and I just... <laughs> sometimes when a cool bass line gets me, like this track just does the... I fucking... Anyway. All right, look. Uh, <laughs> let's listen to it. This is Netizen with Refractor.
And that was Refractor by Netizen. And that's a cool track. Uh, Remember, you can check out all the artists I feature on the show by clicking on the More Info button. If you listen on SoundCloud, you'll see all the artist links. If you follow me on Facebook, if you follow me on Twitter, whenever I post about the episode, I will link all the artists in the post so that you can go check out their tunes. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's Jacob Wick with the 4488, City Hunter with the 42, and in the 2666 Club, it's Hugh Hefner and Lucas Ceballos. And now, let's keep it 80s with Marco Merrick. It's uh, this is cool. Yeah, it's been a while. It's uh, you know last year when I said I was gonna like get rid of all the segments, but then uh, this year is all fucking wacky and shit. And I said, uh, fuck it, let's bring it all back. So uh, that's what we're doing. Ah, uh, that's cool. Yeah, we haven't actually done a keeping it eighties segment in ages. Really, I mean, it was high five, and then you let that go, and then which is fair enough. And then um, and then I mean, other than doing the family show, you know, that was it really for me. So, <laughs> this is kind of cool. <laughs> like when you were it that way. That was it for me. I thought you were pushing me out. No. no, no, no I don't understand if you did. You know, that's fine. I mean, I don't blame you. Oh, Jesus. Where's all this coming from, man? Women do it to me all the time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it's good. I always enjoy uh, having you on. I want to do a little just uh, catch up here just to see how you've been because we haven't talked uh, since the last family show and obviously since all the fucking gibberish started. So just uh, making sure you're okay. Honestly, I've been playing a lot of video games. You know, with this coronavirus shit going on, I guess a lot of people are doing the same thing. I mean, um, watching a bit of movies, not as much as I'd like because I am still working but you know there's no going out I mean you know, I'm not going out for dinner anymore and shit like that we're traveling so um, I'm playing a lot of video games at the moment I'm really enjoying it man I've got a new monitor and I got some really good headphones and just loving it you know perfect so you are an essential service worker what are you doing that's correct I'm classed as an essential worker because I work in food and pharmaceutical distribution it's classed as so I'm an essential worker I got a letter from the government and everything saying like we value your service and it's very important that you follow precautions but still go to work you know it's like thanks <laughs> well that's good so you because I, I don't think we've ever really discussed what you do specifically right like you work in a warehouse it's a massive warehouse slash distribution center and it, it services all of like all the stores um, of a certain brand you know in, in the US so basically I, I work in maintenance and we just make sure that the place is running there's a lot of conveyors and stuff like that you know all sorts of shit and, and so that's basically it yeah. So do you fix conveyor belts? Yes, we do. Conveyor belts. I'm the lead electrician, so on second shift. So I work late. But we got a small crew, and basically um, everything from fixing forklifts to conveyors to if the power goes out, if, you know, anything at all, fixing lights, power outlets... Um, all sorts of shit like that. So it's kind of, it's not bad. What's your favorite thing to fix? Um, I'll fix you in a minute. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. What's my favorite thing to fix? There's nothing really. I mean, I don't know. 
That's a weird question. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of got me stumped there. <laughs> do you have like Super Mario Brothers like overalls or anything? Nah, I do have old traditional overalls. I'll have to send you a photo. It's like those blue, it's kind of old style writing on there and you got your name on it and everything. It's kind of cool, I guess. All right. I tell you what else is cool, man, is uh, playing music. So fucking, uh, you've got a bunch of tracks for us to listen to for this Keeping It 80. So uh, what do you got? Indeed I do. There's been a lot of great music released in recent times. One of the awesome things, <laughs> there's not many good things about the coronavirus, but one of them is that all these producers are spending time at home and, and releasing a lot of music, you know, a lot of really good stuff. So I've been really blown away in the last uh, few weeks just trying to keep up with everything. But uh, one of the albums that's really been um, listened to a lot at, at, at my house and in my car at the moment is Oryx's new album called Film. It's available at New Retro Wave Records. It's available on all streaming platforms and Bandcamp, of course. I had trouble picking just one track, but probably my favorite on it, the one that really sticks out, is uh, called Above. All right, man. Well, let's fucking listen to it. This is Above by Orax.
right, and that was Above by Oryx. And that was brought to you. You know what? We're going to thank the awesome $10 Patreon supporters this week during the uh, the Keeping It 80s. So I'd like to thank Fraser Davidson, Lucas Smith, Energon Cubes, and Slade. Thanks, guys, for your support in the $10 Club. And I'm back here. We're doing Keeping It 80s with Marco. That's when Marco does all the picks and I just sit here. <laughs> That's right. Speaking of which, I was just... <laughs> <laughs> I love because Lucas uh, robots with ray guns. He just he send you some nudes. Yeah, no, he just well, he, <laughs> that's what I was gonna say because he just started supporting the Patreon, and I was talking to him about his Patreon where he has uh, uh, not safe for work content, and so I clicked on it, and it's hilarious because it is just fucking pictures of him like naked, like it's. I, know. <laughs> I was thinking maybe we should do that for the Beyond Synth one. We can get uh, Marco picks in your underwear and me now. I've put on some weight. I reckon Julian's probably the man. I mean, he's still in shape isn't he? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Some neon fox hot pics, you know? Yeah, yeah. That'll be like just a little bonus for people. (laughs) Boner footage. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I like like boner footage. It's like when you refer to it as footage, it just seems it's got like a newsreel quality to it. (laughs) Now that you say you're playing all these games and shit like this, I guess you don't really have as much free time as some people do. No. Although it's free time under fucking shitty circumstances. But have you beat Red Dead yet? No, I haven't. I'm still playing it a lot, though. I just love that game. I'm still probably a few months away from finishing it, I'd say. (laughs) I I think I'm up to chapter six. So I don't know. I just really I've been doing a lot of hunting in it and just getting all the extra stuff. So I would really love that game yeah alright I, I want to talk to you once you finally get to the damn ending I know by then you probably forgot what happened I know I, this is I'm sorry Andy I know I've been playing it for like almost a year and a half now so I'm, I apologize yeah. I'm playing other games too though I just finished playing Zombie Army 4 which is a new game uh, I was playing that cooperative with Protector 101 and my beautiful wife Jazzy um, we had a lot of fun with that that is a great game and playing video games with uh, Protector 101 aka Jake it's always fun anyway, you know. He's, he's a pretty cool guy, as you know. Is Zombie RB Trilogy, is it third person or first person? It's third person. Okay. I think it's supposed to be a, a spin-off of that. I never played it, but it's what people tell me. That Sniper Elite game... But then they decided to make it with zombies, and then it became pretty popular, so they decided to keep going with that. But we also played the trilogy one, which was the first three together with Jake when I was in Australia. And then number four just came out, like, a couple of months ago, and we were like, oh, well, we got to play this together. So we got ourselves some nice headsets and everything, and yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. I just love killing... There's nothing better than killing zombies and Nazis to get... You know what I mean? Like, you incorporate the two, it's just like, man, it's just... <laughs> you know, stomping their heads into the ground and making sure they're dead. It's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> and making sure they're dead. <laughs> you got to make sure they're dead, man. Well, I'll tell you what we should make sure of is that we play lots of cool music. So what else you got for me? Uh, Nightcrawler brought out another awesome album. He's been around for a long time in the scene, and he's always bringing out quality music. And his new album is no exception. Uh, I love the artwork on his new one. The album album is called Visionary. It's available at nightcrawler.bandcamp.com and other streaming services. And uh, the track I want to play off it is called Nemesis.
Right, and that was Nemesis by Nightcrawler. That was Marco's second pick this week. That was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $10 Club. We're thanking... Did I already thank Slade? I don't know. I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Slade. And then there's Watch Clark, Neverman, Pudnuts, and Joshua Winter. You guys are awesome. Thanks for your support. I hope you're all doing well. And I'm back here with Marco, keeping it 80s. Um, Was that Pugnuts? <laughs> <laughs> what? I love some of the names. Like, I almost want to be a Patreon just so that I can only come up with some ridiculous name just to see how far I can push it. Whether you're going to read it out on the show. You know? I mean, I'll read anything. It's not me that said it, right? You mentioned actually the artwork for uh, Nightcrawler's album. I was going to say, I, I dig it too, eh? It's a cool cover. It really is. It's just different and it's like, wow, what's going on here, you know? We've had this conversation a million times on the show. Like, I appreciate the synthwave aesthetic. Right. But when people put out albums and it is just like the same as other covers I've seen, it isn't that interesting. Like, I get that it sells, you know, you're listening to a synthwave album, but I do like seeing unique and, and interesting artwork on covers. Yeah. Well, that said, it's been, a lot of stuff has become cliched, and, and I, know, I hate being that guy. It's like, oh, wow, you got palm trees and a setting sun in the background, you know? I mean, I and I, don't, I hate being that sort of guy that's like, but I guess when you've been in the scene for so long, it's like, come on, man, I want to see something different, you know? I don't want to see the same thing. Oh, wow, there's a car in the foreground, too, you know? A DeLorean, you know? It's like, I, that shit's still cool, but it's nice to see something different, too. It's weird when you are part of a scene where, since it's based on nostalgia, people do feel the need to throw in these sort of key elements, you know? It's like, well, it's not synthwave unless it's this, 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 and this. But also, the fact that it is indeed, like, nostalgia for a certain time when people were being creative, yeah. you're allowed to do weird things, I think. You're allowed to experiment because, you know, your heart is still in the place of, like, we're expressing nostalgia. But, I mean, when you go back and look at 80s album artwork, I mean, yeah, there were some that had, like, fucking chrome text and stuff like that. But a lot of times, like, it was just weird, interesting art or very simple designs. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I think of, like, you know, Depeche Mode Violator, where it's just, like, the black and with the rose, you know? Like, there's just yeah. just simple things, you know? Oh, that, that was one of my favorite albums of that era as well. It's funny you mentioned that one. But that's very simple. It's just a rose, isn't it, with just a black background, I think. One thing, I don't know, how do you feel about this? I, I, I think I like it, but I do find it funny. You know when people have the artwork on uh, on Bandcamp, and it's like the CD, you know, the square dimensions or vinyl, mm-hmm. but then they'll have, like, the frayed edges to simulate that it's worn at the sides? Like, you know, like when you had, like, an old CD or yes. an old vinyl where it's got, like, the white paper sort of frayed at the edges a bit? Yep. And sometimes they'll, people will incorporate that into the actual artwork itself? And no, I don't really like that, I don't think, to be honest. I mean, it's fine, it's cool. Sometimes I'll do it, like, uh, they'll have the folds, like it's a poster, you know, and it has, has folds in it as well. I've seen yeah. that too. But fake folds, you know, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate it, but myself, when I would be collecting things or had my own CDs or vinyls or posters, I always kept them as clean as possible. Yeah. So, like, those frayed edges and folds always used to annoy me. So it kind of gives you a bit of anxiety sometimes. I mean, yeah. I know, like, that's the last thing you want to see on your fucking vinyl. I mean... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's the thing. So, so it's, it's, it's a weird thing where, like, if it's in the digital art, I'm like, okay, I appreciate what they're doing and it's cute, but if I ordered the CD and that was in the actual design, I'd be like, no, 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 it should be... Like, the design, if you get the CD or the vinyl, should be clean, and that weird frayed effect should just be for the digital release, just to be cute. Yep. 
I agree. And then sometimes people overdo the, what do you call it, the video fucking oh, yeah. effects, you know, to make it look like an old, it's like, Jesus, you're like, I don't know, anyway. Well, that's another thing too, Big. Sometimes it's like people apply so much video effect damage to their video where it's like, dude, if I had this VHS tape, I wouldn't watch it. Like, if I fucking I put in a VHS <laughs> tape and the thing was constantly tracking with lines going through it and all that stuff, I'd be like, fuck this yeah. tape. Like, <laughs> I know, right? Anyway, but, uh, but I tell you what I do like is I like awesome music, so... Uh, <laughs> what else you got? God, your segues. <laughs> uh, there's a new song that came out um, that I found on SoundCloud. Well, it, it's not really synthwave, I guess. I don't know what it is, but it definitely has some retro elements. I'm talking about Four Hill and Youth 83's new track called Into Dust featuring Tima. It's really addictive, really catchy, and uh, I, I really like this one, Andy, so you're going to have to give it a spin for me, please. All right, man. Well, let's do it up. This is Four Hill and Youth 83 with into Dust featuring Tima.
And that was Into Dust by Four Hill and Youth 83 featuring Tima. And that was Marco's was a third pick this week. That was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $10 Club. Well, there's Pump Action Foreskin, Dalton Bell, Cat Temper, and Albion Algorithm. You guys are awesome, and I hope you're all staying safe and washing your hands and doing all that. And I'm back here with Marco Merrick. I'm very excited, Andy. I just got my stimulus package last night, so I'm very excited about that. I'm thinking, um, I mean, there's not really a lot you can spend your money on right now because you can't really go out but uh, well I'm going to buy a lot of music I think I'm just going to support some of the artists that are pumping out good music in the scene might as well you know yeah that's a good idea for me like uh, obviously people support the show on Patreon and every month I do a portion of that goes towards uh, album purchases. Mm-hmm. So I always set aside, you know, like whenever I sort of take the money out, I keep a bit in there in the PayPal so I can uh, buy a bunch of uh, stuff because obviously there's still lots of artists uh, around making awesome music and hopefully that's what they're doing with their time and not being all fucking stressed out like I am. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, you're not too stressed out anyway. Well, it, it depends. I go through phases sometimes. Yeah, I don't miss the stress of doing a, a radio show and trying to keep to a schedule. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, I do miss it and I don't, you know, I guess, but... Uh, well, I mean, because I do see, like, whenever you post stuff about, like, uh, Synthetic Sundays and stuff, I mean, there were a lot of people who really enjoyed the show, eh? They always would go, like, do a new show! Yeah, I guess so. Uh, that's my impression of the people who listen to your show. <laughs> I know! They, <laughs> they, they all have that voice. Hey, Marco, fucking do another one! <laughs> Then they just run into a wall. Uh, I think it's the problem. That's the sort of people that listen. No, yeah. um, no I had a good audience. But, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Everything runs its course, I guess. I guess when Rick um, Rick left as well, and then it was it was just a good time, you know. It, it all Everything worked out, I think. It worked out well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, hey, you know, like, you're one of the few people who have been involved in a uh, synthwave marriage, right? That's correct. You know, you and Vincenzo. Not that you married Vincenzo, but I mean, like... Uh, I could have. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, because uh, that's always a cute thing, you know, when people actually uh, met by just being part of the scene. And uh, yeah, literally, I, I there's not, I mean, there's no way I would have met my wife without synthwave. I mean, how the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, it's a pretty uh, big coincidence just happening to meet uh, through a music scene, especially when you're not looking for anything. I mean, I'm just here f- for the music, so it's kind of a pleasant surprise, pleasant side effect of the music. I don't know, whatever you want to call it, but um, it, it is cool. Yeah, definitely. So uh, besides zombie army trilogy then or zombie army 4 have you uh yeah dived into anything else i've been playing some elder scrolls online with my wife as well they've just finished an event it's like a festival thing so you, they get all this extra shit you can get so we've been playing that a fair bit every night pretty much and um also i play a little bit of i, I like pinball i've been playing i think it's pinball x 3x or something like that on playstation 4 it's got some old pinball tables like they're actually pretty good these days at recreating a lot of the old arcade like i i was skeptical because I'm like, man, it's never the same. And it isn't, but they're pretty freaking close now. I've got a favorite that I like, which is Theater of Magic. It's my favorite pinball machine of all time. So I've been playing that a little bit and a couple other ones. I'm so fucking lousy at real pinball. My favorite pinball game of all time is for the TurboGrafx-16. It was called Devil's Crush. That game is fucking awesome. I remember that one. Devil's Crush has the best music, man. I fucking love Devil's yeah. Crush. That was pretty cool. Yeah. When you guys play Elder Scrolls Online, what do you do? Like, is one of you on PlayStation, one of you on computer? Like, what do you mean you play? together or do you both have computers we both have computers yeah it's 2020 andy (laughs) (laughs) 
But you know what? I do. This is funny because I do miss. Yeah, we played together online cooperative. You know, it's an MMO or whatever you call it. But you know, it's funny you say that because video games, it's all changed now because video games, none of them are like split screen anymore. They don't have any of that shit. Remember, like the old days where if you play two player, you'd be on the same screen or it had to be split screen. Like, you know, we, we know all the games from Nintendo 64 to Super Nintendo right up until PlayStation 3. And I think around the era of PlayStation 3 was really cool because they had both. They had the online where you could play with other people, but they still had to have like the split screen type thing. Because yeah. if you go back and look at those games, they were like best of both. And then after that is when they phased out all the split screen playing in the same room shit. Yeah, it's frustrating because I don't know, like there's this game I used to play all the time. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but there's this game called Goldeneye, all right? It was made by Rare on the N64. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> go on. Um, yeah, go on. Well, look, I'll tell you all about it, but first I want to listen to some cool music. All right. Uh, a couple of my old favorite producers uh, in the scene, uh, Sphero and, oh, geez, I always butcher this, Acidulae or something. Can you say it, Andy? It's Acidulae, that's right. Yeah, but they laugh at when I, anyway. Well, whatever, they can laugh at both of us. You laugh it up, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Frederick. I don't know how to pronounce it, all right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, they're, uh, they've teamed up together again, and I love it when these two guys work together. They've got a new three-track EP. Um, it's available at Girlfriend Records. The song name is Girlfriend as well because I think it's a bit of a pun towards the the old stuff that they used to do. I mean, Girlfriend Records really doesn't release a lot of stuff anymore, but um, it was a powerhouse um, label back in the day. I think this is a bit of a nod to that. It's really good stuff. Uh, they got three basically remixes of the same song, but uh, my favorite one is The Waves Remix. So give that a spin, please. All right, man. This is Girlfriend, The Waves Mix by Sphero and Acidule.
And that was Girlfriend, the Waves Mix by Sparrow and Acidule. Marcos, was that your fourth pick this week on uh, Keeping It 80s? Fourth pick, yes. And uh, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $10 Club. There's Retro Serenade, Gary Heather, Knight of Ducks, and Andrew Benson. Hope you guys are all keeping well and dipping your hands in bleach like I do. And I'm back here with Marco. <laughs> I thought Sparrow retired. Didn't he retire? Well, he did. He did. But then he came back, I think. So Cool. I think it's one of those things with a lot of the talented guys in the scene. You know, it's a love-hate thing. I think they, ah, I've had enough and I leave. And then they come back and then, you know, that sort of thing. That's why I guess anything that he releases is, it's really appreciated. You know, it's like, oh, wow, he's released something. Yes, you know. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you yeah, don't yeah, expect yeah. it. It's like, and he's not one of those guys that produces stuff all the time and spans the group. So you're like, ah, yeah, okay, you know. Yeah, yeah, Another yeah. album already. You know, it's like, no, he's, he only brings something out when he, when he really has something good or when he really feels good about it. It, so. Well, that's good. So then what else is uh, is going on? I can tell you, I, I started, I have all the components ready for my arcade machine, just not the actual machine. Yes. Because I've been wanting to build like just a homemade arcade for a while. And I mean, I'm sort of cheating because I'm not building everything from scratch. Like, you know, like a lot of times you'll watch videos online of people building arcades and they're doing like where they're drilling the circular holes and they're installing the buttons themselves. Oh, and, no, you can't. I mean, Jesus Christ, you're not an engineer. I mean, Jesus Christ, you know. That does look fun, but it's... It's like a lot of times those people do it in like a fucking proper wood shop and shit. You know, they'll be like, oh, build your own arcade machine. And then they go to like their fucking hundred thousand dollar workshop where they have all these like laser saws and things that are like, you know, so I just uh, fed my design into the computer and then the machine fucking cuts it out from the frame or whatever. And it's like, oh, it's just like I can do with, <laughs> with my fucking table saw in my basement, you fucking asshole. So for mine, I already have an X arcade stick. That's what you and I played with when I uh, beat you at Mortal Kombat. Mm, that's right. I had a monitor, so someone left a monitor in my neighborhood just on the lawn. Like, you know, when people move and they just throw shit out on the lawn for people to grab, Mm -hmm. like, furniture and stuff? So someone left out there a 32-inch computer monitor, which sounds like a score, and it is a score, but it's also, like, it's an older computer monitor, so it's, like, heavy. Yeah. It's also not full HD, like, it's 720p or whatever, Mm -hmm. but since it's for an arcade machine, that doesn't matter because all the arcade games are not HD anyways. So that's going to be the monitor. I've got the and I've got an old computer and the thing that's been pissing me off for years was just getting a good front end for uh, MAME like the multi-arcade emulator program because you know if you run MAME it's usually just like a list that you're scrolling through Yes, and you want a nice front end where it's got like little video screens that shows you what game you're selecting and it's got the logos and the the cabinet art and all that shit. Uh, yeah. And so I finally got one working that I didn't have to pay for because I started joining all these forums. I, I literally just signed up to like five or six different forums. They're all like these like retro arcade nerd forum type places. And um, like there's some cool resources. So there's people who have made like pre-built images basically so if you get like a retro pie you can download this guy's like 500 gig image and essentially once you install it like everything's ready to go so it's like it's already got all the video stuff it's got all the games it's got everything like that and for me i already had the games like i've had you know like a big folder of like you know arcade games since i don't know like the early 2000s whenever i figured out that you could do that so i didn't need the games i just needed a good front end that i could fucking throw these files into so it's finally kind of working so everything 
everything's there. I just need to now build the actual machine because right now it's just a monitor sitting on top of a table with an arcade controller in front of it. Now you got all the pots there, right? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Everything else is now just wood. <laughs> that's, that's what's required. I, I mean, I could theoretically just wall mount the monitor and then just put the controller on a stand and be like, it's an arcade machine. But I, I want it to look like an arcade machine. Right? Oh, I respect that. Yeah, no, that, that's awesome, dude. Once you get it going and all the shit blows over, I'll have to come up and visit you again. Yeah, except you'll have to come and visit my dad's because this thing's going to be in the basement. I'll come visit your dad then. All right. Well, you don't have to be there. Yeah, I'll just no. come and visit and play <laughs> your fucking... <laughs> I mean, don't worry about that. I'll make sure it works properly, okay? Yeah. <laughs> you probably put a 40 cents per game fucking thing on it too, you bastard, I bet. Yeah. I'll put on a special cheat code where I always win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you got some more tunes for me? Yeah, I sure do. Mr. Tommy86, old-time stalwart of the scene, has been very prolific lately. He's been uh, using his time at home in quarantine to make a lot of good music, which is uh, really good news for us Synthwave fans. Uh, his new one is pretty epic. It's a seven minutes and 20 seconds, but it is really freaking good. This is some of his best work to date. And the track is called Pulsar. It's up on SoundCloud.
right, and that was Pulsar by Tommy86, and uh, and that was uh, Marco's uh, fifth pick this week on Keeping It 80s, and Marco even left a comment on Tommy86's SoundCloud, and it says, amazing stuff, man. I've always loved your style so much, and then a heart. That was private. You weren't supposed to share that. <laughs> And I should remind everybody that that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $10 Club. There's Sarah Buchelman, The Patch Bay, Power Loader, and Renton Brax. You guys are all awesome, and I hope you are doing well. And, um... Dipping your hands in bleach. Sorry, that's the only joke I got. Oh my god, you're going back to that again. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, my hands are dry as fuck, man. All this washing and shit. Oh my god. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Yeah, I mean, we should be keeping our hands clean, but when you think about it, everyone's hyper aware of keeping clean now, and everyone's washing their hands ridiculously, but, you know, to keep clean, I mean, your hands really suffer for it, you know? I mean, I'm, I'm always trying to look for the positives of all this. Yeah, me too. Because I'm always really... Upset by people who aren't clean. And I mean, like, I'm not like a fucking neat freak, but like, when I go to the bathroom or mm. if I'm in a bar or something and people don't wash their hands when they walk out, that always frustrates me. You know what I mean? I see them doing it. And I'm like, mm. dude, it's dirty in here. <laughs> like, this, especially those fucking bathrooms and bars and things. No. Half the time, the places I go, when I go into the bathroom, I'm surprised there isn't just like shit coming off the walls or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> bar bathrooms are fucking horrible. <laughs> shit coming off the walls. Well, like, no, whenever I go to a bar and I go to the bathroom, I'm always like, how is this so gross in here? Like, it's so gross. I know. Like, I wish, like, they just had, like, a hose installed in the ceiling that would just, they just close the door and then just fucking bleach water would just fucking pour over the place. Yeah, I know. We had this nightclub in in Perth where, you know, where I'm from that was just notoriously bad. Like, every Friday, Saturday night, the toilets would be overflowing and, and I remember going in there, they had the one bathroom for the whole fucking nightclub, you know, one male, one female, that's it. And they were small bathrooms. I remember, like, it would be a regular thing. You go in there, and there's, like, an inch thick layer of water just through the whole bathroom on the floor that you got to try and wade through <laughs> to fucking go for a pit. You know, like, it was just re- always, like, I don't know why and what. Anyway, it's just, just really bad. Disgusting. Yeah, I hate that. I hate when you go to a place, it's got the gross floor, and then, like, when you're leaving, or if you come home and then you realize, like, because I've had that happen where, like, my fucking feet stick to the floor, like, they're kind of sticky. <laughs> You know, like at the bottom of your shoe, you're like creak and like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> like, if it was regular water, your feet wouldn't be sticking that way. So it's like, you know, anyway, this is a pleasant story. Yeah, it is. I, I got plenty of stories to share, but I think I won't go there. Yeah. I don't think the listeners really want to hear any graphic shit. So, Well, so the thing is, though, like since we, we can't really go out right now, so maybe these stories bring people comfort and remind them like, oh, I remember going out and having to wade through fucking logs of human <laughs> shit water. to fucking go wash my hands <laughs> at the fucking bar. Oh, shit. Oh, people are disgusting. Um, <laughs> There's a positive that comes out of this. You know what I miss the most is going out and eating, man. I tell you what, I miss fucking buffet, Chinese buffet. I miss going out and eating wings and, you know, that sort of shit. Because we, we like eating out. We usually go out once a week or once every two weeks for a nice sit-down meal. Mm-hmm. Takeout isn't the same. I mean, and my wife won't let me get takeout. You know what, though? I feel so bad because before all the, the hubbub started, I was reading a lot about, you know, the situation. So... We actually did our sort of bulk buy several weeks before 
it was a thing just because I was like, you know what? Like, I'd been reading a lot of stories and yeah, like it was in like partway through February. I'm like, you know, maybe it would be a good idea to go to Walmart and just grab a bunch of shit. Right. And then from that point on, I felt weird about takeout, about uh, ordering food because I was just like, I don't know, man, like mm. some guy and I don't know where it's been. And a lot of the ads on TV now, I don't know what it's like in the States, but in Canada, like a lot of our pizza ads pizza delivery ads now they've like sort of changed their focus to talk about how hot their ovens are and how no one touches the pizza (laughs) i've seen some memes about that yeah but they talk about it like they always said that in the ad like the way they say it was such like this is just normal (laughs) it's just like you know at domino's where our pizza is always cooked in a 450 degree onion and or onion and it's never touched and and it's never touched from fucking oven to box or whatever like they just say these things where i'm like this was never a selling point was it about how hot the oven is i mean <laughs> all right sweet <laughs> nice oven assholes onion i can't let this pass though so what, hang on in canada you cook pizzas in onions yeah yeah, yeah. we had a big giant <laughs> onion you hollow it out <laughs> And then uh, you get a bunch of dwarves to stand underneath the onion holding up their lighters. Like, you know, when they say, like, encore for a band, and then you put the pizza inside. Yeah, but those adverts are funny. It's like, yeah, like, we, we want to, you know, not that we've ever had bad practice, but we want to reassure you that nobody touches the pizza. Nobody touches yeah, yeah. our pizza. <laughs> you don't even touch the pizza. When we fucking deliver it to you, it's just an empty box and a guy with a gun saying, give me the money. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> Anyways, dude, do you have a, you have a final song for me here a final track yeah yeah my favorite album at the moment is uh volcor x his new masterpiece that is called this is our planet now a concept album it's it's amazing from start to finish it really needs to be listened you know from start to finish that's the way it's meant to be it kind of tells a bit of a story there is so many good tracks on here i mean i can't really say enough good things about it uh, it's different it's uh very atmospheric uh some guitars in there i love the drums some really good original stuff in in there. Uh, like I said, every song's really good. There's no fillers on this one. But uh, I have been listening to it on repeat for the last couple of days. The one that I went with uh, seems to be the popular one, but I think it's probably the best track on the album. Is called Gravity. It is available at volcorx.bandcamp.com. Obviously comes highly recommended. Um, yeah. Give it a spin, please, Andy. Alright, man. This is Gravity by Volcor X.
And that was Volcor X with the track Gravity. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $10 Club. There's Barry007, Matthew Lister, Tristan Waits, Skunk Raider, Colin Bennett, Joe Ozone, Will Lowe, and Polly Digital. I hope you guys are all doing well, keeping clean, and uh, stay safe and all that stuff. And, and thanks for supporting the show. And I'm back here. And dip your hands in bleach. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but we were just we've been doing keeping it eighties with Marco, but I guess we can uh, we can sort of wrap it up. But uh, just for the listeners here, you're doing well. Everything's okay. Everything's fine. Yeah, yeah, no problem at all. Even though New York City's uh, doing really bad, apparently we're about four hours from New York City. So I guess at a time like this, it's kind of good to be in the country. You know, I mean, um, so yeah, we're not really close to people. We literally live in the country. Yeah. No, we're doing fine up here. Thank you. No problem at all. Hope everybody else is too. Staying safe and and hopefully enjoying their time if you if you're quarantined um, making the most of the time that you got I know it is a bit of a scary time but and there's a bunch of people on the scene who actually work in healthcare I'm hoping to maybe do a show maybe in a few weeks time to just have uh, all the people I know who actually like work yeah. in hospitals and stuff you know Vincenzo Salvia he works with medical equipment but it stills is another one Stills who else well Stills never wanted to be on the show yeah <laughs> I did ask him he's a private I know, guy I know he's a private guy I, I managed to get him on my show not not saying anything you know I'm not making a big <laughs> deal out of it but I managed to get him on Synthetic Sundays hey, you should fucking okay. make a new show man uh, make a new one <laughs> Who else? Obviously, Robert uh, Parker. Like, he's a doctor. Yeah, right? Isn't he like the... I can't remember what he is. I was drunk when I talked to him, but... Uh, <laughs> well, he's, he's a like doctor. the head of something. He's like, no, he's important. You know, he's not just a doctor. He's important because he's Robert Parker, but also... Protector 101 used to work. Yes, he doesn't anymore. Yeah. No, he's not working at the moment. Because he used to do uh, stuff like that. He did, like, needle stuff and things, and so... Yeah, blood work, which is kind of cool for a dark synth guy. I was like, man, that is so cool. I was like, really? You're like the blood guy? He's like, ah, it's not a big deal. I'm like, oh, man, can we talk about this? Because, nah, I don't really want to talk about it. I'm like, all right, all right, whatever. <laughs> but you're the blood man. I know. It's like, man, and you make really good dark synth. This is just, like, perfect. <laughs> He's like, nah, not really. But, yeah, that's something I'm going to try and do uh, cool. in the future anyways, try and get those guys on the show. Because I, I do, like, little check-ins here and there. I always uh, I always check in with Vincenzo and see how he's doing, because I imagine he's got to be pretty fucking stressed out, because he actually works with medical equipment, and he's in Italy, so... He's a cool guy. I always liked Vincenzo. Well, I mean, you got to take the positives out of this stuff, too. Thankfully, we've got the internet. I mean, we're, we're all generally okay. I mean, the power's still on. You know what I mean? Like, yes. And, and thankfully, it's happening at a time when we do have internet. Can you imagine being scooped up at home without internet like it's if this happened even 30 years ago you know mm-hmm. I mean how fucking bored well, you just be reading books I guess I mean what the yeah. fuck else are you gonna do watch TV <laughs> and read books, books? you know <laughs> what the fuck I know who the fuck reads books anymore I read the first three chapters of Moby Dick <laughs> Just the first three? The first three chapters are just fucking uh, Captain What's-His-Face just, like, going to a bar and, like, trying to secure lodging for the night, and there's this whole chapter about him, like, deciding whether or not he wants to sleep with some guy because, like, there's not enough beds, and the guy who runs the bar is like, oh, you can, you're going to have to sleep with this dude. <laughs> and then he's like, I don't know if I want to do that, and then he ends up trying to push two fucking chairs together. Like, I'm just like, what the fuck is this book? Like, It's, <laughs> it's funny. I love that book as a kid, too, but fuck, it's been a long time since I've read that. I've, I've never read shit. it at all. Like, I've, I've never read yeah. it. So, like, I'm literally doing it for the first time. And, like, oh, wow. Like, chapter three is just, like, culminates with him pushing two fucking benches together to make a bed. But then it's not long enough. Anyway, uh, it's always nice to hear is... from me. Yeah, the bottom line is, Marco, that I'm happy. <laughs> 
that uh, you're well and keeping busy and that you are an essential person and that... Thank you, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and thanks for the I don't want to be an essential person. I don't know. Ah, it's all good. Someone has to do it. That's all right. Uh, I'm glad you're doing all right, too, and I hope everybody is, you know, just staying safe and, like I said, just trying to make the most of the time. And thankfully, we can all communicate with the internet and, you know, keep in touch and listen to music, play video games together and online and all sorts of shit like that. So that's kind of cool. People can still express themselves and all that online, so... Yeah. Uh, with the awesome music. The lovely sentiment from Marco Merrick. You have a, a lovely time, and uh, maybe we'll try and record a family show sometime soon. Thanks for having me on the show again, Andy. Uh, it's, it was a real pleasure, man. Thank you. All right, and that was Keeping It 80s with Marco Merrick. It's always fun to catch up with him. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. There's Clint Dowling, Jimmy the Hutt, who we just met, Alex Seligson, a star apart... I'm just trying to read them differently so it doesn't sound like I'm just playing a recording every week. And Restless Nights! Hope you're having fun over there working on cars, because that's what Restless Nights does. And how about we uh, listen to... Maybe we'll listen to two more tracks, and then we will chat with 2D Cat. So here's a nice one from the ADSR. It's called Rupture, and I think you'll like it. Please, please 
And that was the ADSR with Rupture. And that was a cool song that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. There's Honeybeard, Tim Carlton, Johnny Five, Pattern Shift, and Kempson. So what's new? I think last week at the end of the show I was complaining that I didn't know when the new Streets of Rage comes out. Well, we know now it's the end of the month, April 30th. That's in a week, so that's pretty cool. And uh, right now on the Switch, I think they were having like a Capcom sale, so they had the old school, there's a beat-em-up compilation they released. I still feel weird buying those, because I feel like it's the same as like the Sega Genesis collection, where I've bought those collections like on every console, and then I was tempted to buy it the other day, because it was on sale for 15 bucks on the Switch, and I didn't do it, and now it's back up to like 39 or something. But the Capcom beat-em-up one, I think is on sale right now for 12 so I picked it up. Even though technically, as we just heard when I was talking to Marco about the arcade machine, I have all of these games in the arcade cabinet, but sometimes it's just fun to have them on the Switch and bust out Knights of the Round while I'm just sitting there. And that's always cool. But I'm really looking forward to Streets of Rage. I look forward to just playing a new one. Although I have been playing a bunch of uh, open bore games, which uh, I think we've talked about on the show before. You guys probably know what that is. That's like where people make a whole bunch of like homebrew games that play like Streets of Rage, but they insert their own sprites and they'll make games like with Mortal Kombat characters and with Street Fighter characters and stuff. And and those are pretty cool, actually. And I got to say this, as excited as I am for the new Streets of Rage game, there was a team of people, probably a small team, that did make a game called Streets of Rage 2.0. I think they called it 2.5, and it was basically like, it was an open bore game. I think it was like one of the first, because the original was Beats of Rage, and then they used that engine, and they basically made like the ultimate Streets of Rage game, where you can play as all the characters from all the different games, and it's in widescreen, and when you play that with an arcade controller, it's really fast and really responsive, and it's really good, and I honestly think the new Streets of Rage sort of has its work cut out for it because I think that that Streets of Rage 2.5 game is really, really good. You just have to play it to understand. It's just so fast and responsive. Like, you know, sometimes those old school brawlers can be kind of slow and it's uh, it's just really great and fun to play. Anyways, all right, look, let's listen to one more track and then we'll go chat with 2D Cat. So this was a fun one. Uh, speaking of video games, this one is from Lee Rosevere and it's actually a cover or a reworking, I guess it's a cover, of a game from the Commodore 64 there was a there was a game called Winter Games, which I think David Thiel did the music, if I'm not mistaken. And this is Lee Rosevere doing uh, a track. He's called Free Skating, which is uh, a cool thing. Now I've just made it sound super complicated. <laughs> Anyways, it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. Martin Larby, Gregorio Franco, Blake Peterson, and Ken Giroux. And I do gotta say thanks, Ken Giroux. I feel like you've sent me a bunch of uh, gifts in Animal Crossing, and I have received them, just so you know. Because I always, uh, I have this routine I do every day. Hey, whatever. Look, let's listen to this track, alright? This is Lee Rosevere with Free Skating.
And that was Free Skating by Lee Rosevere, which is a sort of rework of an old Commodore 64 track from Winter Games. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's Ashley Keegan with the 2049, Andy's Laugh with the 20, Rachel Buchemin with the 1985, and with the 1984, a cool guy I like to call Murat. And uh, look, let's go chat with 2D Cat. All right, well, I'm here right now with 2D Cat. How's it going, man? It goes quite well. How about yourself? I'm all right. So what name do you go by? Uh, I go by Johan. Johan. Johan 2D Cat. All right, man. Well, nice to meet you, dude. Yeah, same. Likewise. So... What's going on? We you were uh, we had this chat scheduled, and then you were supposed to go to a conference, and that got canceled. What was the conference for? It's a semiconductor, microelectronics related conference, uh, and then yeah. <laughs> Okay, explain to me that. (laughs) Just your traditional integrated circuits, uh, designing, fabricating, that kind of thing. Normal engineering stuff. What is an integrated circuit? An integrated circuit, I I, I guess the best way to describe it is if you were to take apart your computer and look at the motherboard, all the uh, microelectronics devices that are embedded onto the PCB would be uh, integrated circuits. So like all the little things that all those little like gold lines run to? Yes. So... Um, the gold lines would kind of be the, the highways, if you will, connecting the cities, and the cities themselves would be the integrated circuits. It's the best way to kind of think about that. So when you go to an integrated circuits conference, like, is it a nerdy affair, or is there all these people, like, is, is there, like, integrated circuit groupies that are all waiting around to bang and stuff? <laughs> um, you would think that there would be a lot of nerds around, but uh, it's not true, actually. Uh, I'm kind of finding out that I'm one of the rare exceptions who's a nerd and an engineer. If you watch a bunch of bad television, I think you'll see that most folks uh, assume that engineers are nerds, and it's not really the same way. I think it's because I'm thinking more of the circuits aspect. Because I guess, like, engineering... But don't know, engineering is a lot of math involved, I guess, unless you're, like, the actual physical guy who's screwing in the pipes. I don't know what engineering is. (laughs) (laughs) It's entirely math, yeah. So, I'm particularly involved with what are called uh, field programmable gator FPGAs, and um, basically what you're doing is uh, a bunch of math equations to mimic the functionality of what hardware would actually do. So I actually build a lot of synthesizers that way based on, on that technology and able to do it with some really cool stuff and stealing some old patent technologies from the 70s in terms of how folks were building synthesizers and just kind of redoing that uh, in a digital uh, replication of it. Wait, so is all this stuff like this is work related? Like, when you're not making music, what are you doing exactly? I'm trying to fix the semiconductor industry, uh, I guess, is is the best way to describe that. What is the problem with the semiconductor industry? It's a complicated question. Uh, if you think <laughs> of, like... <laughs> Maybe we should start with the first question. What is a semiconductor industry? What is a semiconductor? I should know this, right? No. (laughs) So semiconductors are the overarching, um, I'd say, like the industry for that. So that will also include the actual foundries that are doing the fabrication of the devices, um, the package test and assembly of the devices, um, the actual memory fabrication, a lot of the the system in uh, packages and system on chips and stuff as well. So yeah, it's just like kind of the large your industry and, and the folks who are supporting the the creation of integrated circuits 
What is a semiconductor? Like, I, I know that word, but I don't know what it does. Man, it's, it's, even that's a kind of a complicated question because it kind of depends on what the device actually does. So traditionally, whenever we used to design stuff, we had things that were um, like the TTL logics. And then I can't remember what the 2L stand for anymore. But uh, those are like the old 54 series uh, integrated circuits and whatnot. And then they kind of went on to what we call application-specific integrated circuits, which are ASICs. And they had a, a very specific function, like a set functionality. And now we're kind of moving towards a, a world of uh, FPGAs and systems on chips and a lot of those have reprogrammable functionalities so I know with a lot of the stuff that I do I'll make something for one intended purpose we'll say like a filter like a low pass filter uh, and then I go okay I don't like this anymore uh, rather than having to go through the entire manufacturing process and refabricate a new device um, I'm just going to kind of uh, wipe it and create some new type of like a high pass filter instead so um, they're kind of the circuits that are they enable your things to function whether it be iot devices or 5g and 5g base stations or your cell phones or your computers or your gpus so if you have an electronic device this is where semiconductors live like right. i'm just trying to figure out what the hell where like where you use these things they are everywhere so yeah your cell phones your laptops your computers we'll say like an example of like an f22 or an f35 they have thousands and thousands of integrated circuits in them they're everywhere and do everything and that's kind of the problem aspect of it is uh, everyone kind of looks at cybersecurity from a software perspective, and uh, my background is in uh, hardware-type attacks and preventing those types of attacks. So just kind of looking for vulnerabilities and figuring out how to mitigate those vulnerabilities. I'm trying to figure out what the difference is, because when you have like a cell phone, obviously it's hardware because it's a physical thing, but really it's just a shell over like a bunch of circuits. Like the, like a cell phone doesn't necessarily have like a hardware vulnerability, does it? Or can you like take some futuristic spike thing and like jam it in the side and like extract the data? Or? Sure. There's tons of hardware vulnerabilities. So um, if you look at computers, those would be the best examples Row hammer, which is a memory-related vulnerability. So once memory started getting really advanced, they started doing 3D stacking of it. So you could... Uh have more memory in, in the actual particular area, but uh, stacking the memory in that way kind of related to some vulnerabilities where you're actually able to um, get access to some things that you're not supposed to get access to and whatever the memory is installed in. Uh, Spectre and Meltdown are two of the more popular uh, vulnerabilities that are out there right now. And these are all vulnerabilities that are kind of unintended consequences. So somebody didn't go into their work going, hey, um, I'm going to sabotage all these Intel or AMD devices. It was just kind of, uh, hey, we didn't realize technology was going to do this, but uh, I'm kind of more working in the area of somebody's deliberately trying to do something bad, and how do you stop someone from doing something bad in that area? I don't know if I really understand the difference then in computer terms of a physical vulnerability and a like a software vulnerability. So software vulnerabilities, um, you could patch them, which makes them kind of easy in, in a way to mitigate. I, I think my problem with this wording is like the software when I get, because there's like code and stuff and yeah, like you said, like you can patch it, but like a physical vulnerability still like in my imagination involves some guy walking up to a computer and like sticking a syringe in the side or like lifting up a chip or something like they still have to go in virtually right uh not necessarily it kind of depends on what it does um you could do something like have uh an antenna that's kind of embedded into either the actual like substrate or into the actual device itself that kind of beacons out or it could just be a vulnerability such as um say um whoever is doing the random number generator portion of a crypto core maybe that random number generator isn't as random as it's supposed to be so you're kind of 
of able to kind of get remote access into it that way. But to me, isn't that software then, if it's a random number generator? No. So this is stuff that, um, <laughs> w- with hardware, which makes hardware kind of complicated, is that uh, you can't really patch the hardware um, unless it's a FPGA and then you could reflash it. But typically with hardware, you the only way that you could mitigate that is by replacing the actual hardware itself, which is where Intel, with the Spectre meltdown vulnerabilities, are kind of finding themselves in a bit of a jam in terms of, well, you can mitigate this, but it's going to really throttle your performance, and it's not something anybody really wants to do. Right. I'm trying as hard as I can to understand. (laughs) I want to. It sounds interesting. But look, actually, uh, before we get carried away, uh, you're here today because you make music, (laughs) so... (laughs) Maybe we should uh, listen to some. So uh, I want to listen to this track. This is from uh, an album you put out in 2016 called Regressions, and it's a track called Believe.
And that was Believe by 2D Cat. And I'm here right now with 2D Cat Johan, uh, just talking about mitigating vulnerabilities in hardware and software with integrated circuitry and TTL logic. <laughs> <laughs> Math, yay! So exciting. So look, let's. I'm, I'm just worried. My listeners now have just been like, "What the fuck was that?" No, whenever I find things interesting, I just like to. Hey, man, the road goes where it goes. Because <laughs> you talked before about building synthesizers and stuff. Like, were were you doing that as part of your work in sort of like electrical engineering, and then music sprung out of it, or did you already have the interest in music first? Like, no, um. I, I actually wanted to become an engineer from music. I remember being in Tokyo at the time. They had a bunch of really awesome vintage analog synthesizers there. And um, most of the ones that I could afford at the time were broken and they needed a repair to work. And I started down the path of, oh, well, this is easy. I could just train myself. And this is obviously in a land before YouTube. So yeah, that didn't really go well. And I'm like, okay, I need some actual formal education to be able to do this. And uh, music's actually what took me down to this career path, oddly enough. Were you doing stuff? before 2016? I was doing stuff back in 1998 in the uh, EBM industrial scene. That was a different time and a fun time. So what were you? Were you still 2D Cat then or were you just some guy flailing out on E? I was not. I was involved with a couple projects, um, had a falling out with a, a couple of those projects and I don't really talk about those projects anymore. You want to keep talking about integrated circuitry? <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, integrated circuit Huzzah! I am very grateful that I, I'm able to do something that I love uh, for a living. Not everyone's able to do that, so I couldn't be luckier with how my life happened to go. And uh, I'm eternally grateful that for that, and it's one of the main reasons why I've kind of focused most of my attentions these days on helping other people out and trying to ensure that they get these same opportunities that, that I had, because... Uh, I kind of look at my background and I don't think that if I were to relive my life a hundred times, uh, I think 99 times I would have ended up somewhere completely different and it would not have been in a good place. So um, just trying to look for an opportunity to give or advocating for other individuals to have the same opportunities that some of the more privileged individuals in life have, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. What, uh, what I'm trying to figure out though is your plan for fixing the integrated circuits uh, industry. Do you have a plan or is that what this conference was about? Was trying to get people together to do it? Usually those conferences, it's a bunch of people loudly complaining that things should be done and no one ever doing anything. Mm. Usually um, it's just me annoying Congress until they actually do something reasonable. What? Uh, is, is the first step in, in terms so, of actually fixing this? Well, okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you've taken this issue to Congress. I am at Congress quite routinely. It's always a interesting, interesting experience. Okay, wait a second, because like I'm just even in this little brief time where I've sort of had an interest in trying to figure out all this uh, integrated circuitry business. How do you present your problems to Congress in a way that they will understand? Because I've seen videos of Congress not understanding like what a computer is. So I mean, I wish this was a joke, but I literally brought finger puppets to uh, my, my last one because I was so angry with their inability to even 
grasp basic concepts and then question what it was that I was saying without any background or understanding in any of this. It is a the bane of my existence, uh, I would say. So if you had to pitch me the idea of what needs to change or what the problem is, how do you do that in the most efficient way possible? Like when you sit down in front of Congress and you're like, here's the problem with the semiconductor racket. You know what I mean? Like, So usually we get called in to answer questions about a particular topic or question question that they have. Oh, so you're, are you an expert? Uh, yes. Okay. That's what they claim, at least. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so it's not necessarily myself calling up some staffer and saying, hey, we, we really need to talk about these integrated circuits. And then Chris Coon's staffer on the other line going, uh, piss off, I'm busy stealing money from the poor people or whatever. Who the fuck is Chris Coons? He's, uh, he's a terrible, terrible, terrible senator. Um... <laughs> He's one of the individuals who's kind of responsible, claims to have some type of responsibility for some things relating to this in the counterfeiting realm, but is kind of more interested in helping out the likes of Nike and Chanel rather than helping out the actual um, critical industrial base of the United States, which has things like it, it affects nuclear reactors, public sewage, water, so... One of the individuals who would rather make money than actual cares about his constituents, which is ironically one of the main reasons why I did the last EP. It was uh, about my hatred of Chris Coons. That's the thing. You know, like once you become a, a congressman and all of a sudden Chanel just uh, keeps on giving you free perfume and then to turn the other way, you know? It's uh, it's very interesting. Well, we're going to... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to follow along this thread throughout this conversation because I still don't know that I'm fully uh, aware of what the actual issue is, but I want to know. But first, I want to listen to more music, all right? And this is another cool track from 2D Cat. It's called Shared Dreams, and we're going to listen to that right now.
And that was 2D Cat with Shared Dreams. And I'm here right now with 2D Cat Johan talking about taking the semiconductor fight to Congress. <laughs> okay, so you've got 30 seconds. What is the problem with the semiconductor industry and and what is the solution? All the Zords are breaking is, is pretty much what I tell them and have told them and they nod and go, okay, that we, we can't have that happening. What, what is it that you need? And um, they say that they're going to help out and then they don't and then something bad happens and you're back up there six months later with them promising to help out again. Okay, so if you're using the metaphor of Zords, are you saying then that there's oh, a... Not, I'm not using it as a metaphor. I'm, I'm doing it there because they're idiots and uh, I like to think that they believe that we have something in, we'll say like the, the Department of Defense called a Zord, and they go, oh, okay, mm, okay, we gotta protect the Zords. Right. So, <laughs> okay, so it, it has nothing to do with the fact that that's a giant robot that like comes together and somebody challenged me to try and get as many references to Zords into a congressional <laughs> testimony about. A year ago, the the fine folks at C-SPAM. Uh, yeah, there, there's a, a someone who I post with over there who always, they used to post GIFs of Power Rangers repeatedly. So I think it was a result of that. Someone said, you need to try and mention Zord in front of Congress as many times as possible. And so uh, I took that challenge and I did it. Mm. Okay, so look, you're obfuscating now. What is, what is... The problem with the semiconductor industry. <laughs> I want to know what the problem is. Uh, I mean, They're making too many. Not making enough. Corruption. Too much Chanel and Nike. You could answer that from five billion different ways. Mm. I'd say most people were concerned in this day and age. In 2015, 2016, as part of China's five-year strategy plan, they were investing $169 billion into their semiconductor industry, which resulted in them trying to acquire U.S. companies and steal the intellectual property of U.S. companies. And it was just kind of, okay, how do we ensure that the U.S. semiconductor industry doesn't get raided the way it did back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s with the, the Japanese companies and the, the South Korean companies? So how does the U.S. get access to leading-edge microelectronics onshore is kind of the question without any more companies going off overseas. So the problem is there is a semiconductor industry in the United States you want the industry to stay there? Correct. And the problem is when companies overseas buy up these companies, they just do it to steal the plans? I mean, they could legally try and acquire the companies through outright purchasing uh, mergers and acquisitions. Joint ventures is also a legal path to be able to do that. But oftentimes, if they're not able to do that, you see that they kind of go the route of stealing intellectual property of these companies. Can't they reverse engineer this stuff? They can. But if you're talking about, we'll say, like a seven nanometer device that's going to take you a number of years and a team of individuals to be able to do. Right. So that's kind of why it gets somewhat easier just to steal the design files. And one of the reasons why we want to protect those design files, because those are hundreds of millions of dollars worth of investments that companies are putting into this to, to be able to produce. Ultimately, the underlying thing is hardware cybersecurity. We, we kind of look at hardware right now, I'd say the, the same way that we used to look at software in the early 90s. People kind of knew their issues with software, but there weren't really too many notable examples and a lot of folks just kind of ignored them. So yeah, 20 years from now, it's going to be an issue that everyone's kind of fully aware of. And you'll be able to look back on this day and be like, this is the day that we talked about integrated circuits. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, okay, I think I got this, because right now you're trying to... You have foreseen a problem in the future, and since there are hardware vulnerabilities of these things, and when people have the plans and they know how they can abuse any sort of vulnerabilities, so then it gets rid of the idea of safety on the computer, because if, if like, some Chinese company knows how this shit works, then they can hack our systems better? Is that the idea? Right, and I wouldn't say it's necessarily... It's not, like... This has been going on for the last 40 years. It's just things that really aren't talked about. So if you kind of look back into late 70s, early 80s, there's a a document that you could find online. It's an unclassified NSA document. I think it's called Learning from the Enemy, which talks about the uh, Russian uh, intelligence uh, hardware cyber attack against the U.S. Embassy in Moscow, where they intercepted a bunch of uh, IBM type select uh, keyboards in transit to the embassy and swapped those good keyboards out with keyboards that had implants in them and the implants were beaconing back to one of their locations and they were able to monitor all the diplomatic communications going in and out of uh, the Moscow embassy for I think it was about 10 years maybe like 8 to 10 years there's some other things going on as well like there's a a lot of rumors in terms of uh, whenever Israel was flying over Syria. Uh, The Syrian surface-to-air missile systems kind of just mysteriously stopped working, and a lot of people were speculating that that was a a harbor-based attack. Uh, The Iranian Natanz uh, nuclear reactor shutdown is technically a hardware-based attack, uh, although it can also be described as a... I'd say it's kind of a combinational uh, software-hardware attack, but also kind of grouped into that category as well. So it kind of makes that keyboard swapping seem really quaint. You know, just when, like, in the old days, how it's just it like does. Um, it's like we just put a little we put a giant <laughs> brick in the corner of the room that looked like a brick but really it had a microphone in it now it's all this like super advanced uh, kind of shit that's kind of what has people scared is that originally integrated circuits were we'll say 300 millimeters or like 180 uh, nanometers uh, sorry and then now we're looking at 5 nanometer devices right now so with each generation devices are becoming smaller and smaller and it's becoming easier and easier to to kind of hide uh, hard retrusions and detect hard retrusions for that matter well this is a pleasant conversation (laughs) (laughs) didn't did not really uh, anticipate it going this this route at all All right, look, I want to listen to more music, and then we'll keep talking. This was uh, another one from 2016 from a little album called Faded. Uh, This track is called Sparks, and it's by 2D Cat.
And that was 2D Cat with the track Sparks. And I'm here right now with 2D Cat Johan talking about a lot about uh, integrated. Look, here's the deal, right? Okay. A lot of people come on the show and they're always prepared to talk about their own shit, right? But as soon as I find out something that just like grabs my interest when people are talking, like that's immediately where my brain goes. I actually hate talking about myself, so this is perfect. <laughs> I would probably defer any speech to the talking about any of the social issues that I'm supporting or fighting for or perhaps some of the alternative payment methods that I'm looking for in the future in terms of helping other people out rather than myself because I think that there are a lot of people in the world in need and I am happy with my life and would rather other folks be happy in their lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. You, you sound like a nice guy. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> See, I wish I was as altruistic as you are, but unfortunately, uh, I'm not. I just make a silly podcast. That's like pretty much my focus all the time is just recording interviews and editing interviews, and that's what I do. I can't blame that at all. They're incredibly uh, entertaining uh, podcasts. It's, you are one of the main reasons why I am able to make all these constant cross-country flights bearable is because of these podcasts yeah well see thank you for that (laughs) it's just my little my little service to the uh, semiconductor industry is like i i don't quite understand what they are or what they do and that's it but you're gonna get a giant plaque from them in the coming weeks (laughs) well i hope so man maybe i'll go and talk to fucking coons what is his fucking name (laughs) Chris chris coons so we can't talk about chris coons without talking about what the solution there is as well um Jessica Rin um, is primary in Chris Coons right now. Whenever I was talking about alternate forms of payment for this last release for Delaware is Burning, I was kind of saying, hey, um, if you're a United States citizen and you contribute to her primary campaign, whatever a dollar amount you feel is appropriate, then you will get my EP for free because I think that it is infinitely more important that we have people in the Senate and Congress as a whole who are actually going to fix these issues that I'm talking about here rather than go, yeah, well, I'm actually being paid by some corporate juggernaut and it's not in my best interest to do that even though it's in the best interest of the United States. So I'm not going to do that. What if Chanel sends her a bunch of fucking uh, hand cream and Nike shoes? And you're fucked. <laughs> so um, thankfully, uh, she is not one of those types of individuals. I've actually had some conversations with a, a number of the folks on, on her team who are doing a really great job. And I'm very happy with with who she is and, and the campaign that she's running there. And we need more people like her who are actually going forth and running in, in the Senate, I think. Well, hopefully she gets a job with a Nike can just send shoes to me. I will take the shoes as well and do nothing with them. I'll donate them to whomever is in need of shoes, but... Yeah, I don't even really wear running shoes. I don't know why I'm so interested in these. <laughs> well, listen, what else goes on in the life of uh, of Johan there? I, or Do you say Johan? You say Johan or Johan? How do you like to say it? Johan. 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 Yeah, I think Johan is the Dutch way to say it, If I, I think, with two N's. What else? Uh, I I drink a lot. <laughs> oh, good. So <laughs> we, move, we can talk from uh, semiconductors to... Uh, yeah, I, I am huge into the cocktail scene, uh, in particular the tiki cocktail scene, and I'm a, a collector of rare rums, I guess you could say, that, that are hard to find in the U.S. right now. 
So I am stockpiled for this pandemic that we're in. Yeah, I, w- I went to uh, Tiki. I see. I'm not too keen on them. They're a little too sweet. You went to a bad place then. If they're doing it properly, they're incredibly well-balanced drinks. Uh, and I'd say on the strong side. But yeah, if you're having something that's sweet, then it's probably not a good Tiki. Uh, so the Tiki scene in general from like the 80s to the 90s, one of the things that I hate about the 80s is they completely destroyed the cocktail scene. But in particular, the Tiki scene pretty much went to hell. <laughs> the Tiki scene went to hell. <laughs> Yeah. Just an awesome sentence. <laughs> like Martin Kate out at Smuggler's Cove did a, a really good job at kind of reviving it. And um, Jeff Beachbum down in New Orleans, down at Latitude 29, also helped make it so it is still something that is kind of being taken seriously again. Jeff what? Jeff Beachbum Barry. Oh, I see. It's not his real last name. No. Wish it was. That would be a cool last name. I'm going to change my last name to Beachbum. Yeah, you might as well. Go back to Congress and just keep changing your last name and they'll think you're a different guy. I don't know how that would help, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, so it's um, it's usually just drinking very heavily. Uh, actually, I don't want to say drinking heavily. It makes it sound like I'm alcoholic, but drinking heavily and posting online, sadly, is how I, I get by these days. It's a very boring life, to, to be honest. Hey, man, sounds interesting. There's all these semiconductor conferences. <laughs> oh, I guess the last one got canceled. But What exactly happens? Is there a guy, like, on stage? I always picture it like an E3, you know, like a video game thing where, like, some guy comes out and he's, like, the, the fucking uh, the cool guy of the semiconductor industry and everyone's clapping like, yeah, man, that's fucking Craig Gerksless. I can't. Fuck. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I can't do fake names very well. All right, so it's fucking Craig Gorklis from fucking uh, whatever, and, like, everyone's just like, yeah, that guy's like the godfather of fucking semiconductor TTL logic. Well, I mean, there are a couple within like the hacking, hardware hacking community. Um, Bunny, I can't remember what his actual name is. I think he goes by, it's B-U-N-N-I-E. Beach Bum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he wrote um, Hacking the Xbox, I think, but uh, he's pretty well known in, in the hardware scene. But uh, I mean, they're just generally like black hat type conferences, uh, I'd say is the best way to describe them. And then... All the IEEE conferences as well. What is Black Hat? Hackers? Yeah, yeah. Why are they called Black Hats? I I think it goes back to the Westerns where the folks with the Black Hats were the bad guys and the White Hat folks were the good guys. I see. And the Gray Hats, they didn't exist in the Western films, but they do now, so I guess that's a thing. What's a Gray Hat? That would be considered the folks who look for a vulnerability, and then once they discover the vulnerability, they would work with the company on mitigating it. So if I found a hardware vulnerability, I'd go up to a company and say, hey, I found this vulnerability, and... um, hoping to get some form of payment for it and then they usually give them we'll say like 90 days to try and fix the problem before they publish on it so it's like they're good guy hackers so they're not being paid for like they're like the white hat folks they're actively being paid by the company to go forth and look for vulnerabilities the gray hat folks they're kind of on their own doing stuff but they're not really looking to do it for malicious reasons so like a gray hat would be like if you were like a video game developer and you make like a high definition remake of like super mario brothers and you're not doing it out of malicious you are you're hoping that nintendo like sees your project and then gives you money and says oh well we'll actually publish that or whatever yeah that's a fair enough comparison except for the most part nintendo usually just shuts those down but (laughs) it's it'd be nice thanks nintendo yeah man it sucks man there's so many fucking really talented people out there making cool games but if they use like uh you know like licensed properties and stuff and half the time you just think the company would just say fuck someone just made us a free game 
give the kid fucking 20 grand and then sell the game for millions. Like, there's people who made, like, an HD remake of one of the Metroid games, and then there's people who do, like, cool projects with Mario and stuff, and then Nintendo just instantly, like, shuts it down. Yeah, it happened I mean, even with the, uh, the the classic World of Warcraft that was going on and quite successful before they decide to come in and say, eh, you know what? We're just going to shut this down and take that money and do it on our own and make it kind of worse. Yeah, that's the worst part. Is like, when you just have people who are, like... There was a project I was following for a long time, and it pissed me off that they basically made them stop. But there's a bunch of fans doing, like, an HD remaster of the first Mortal Kombat game. And they were doing it using 3D models, but they were spending a lot of time on these 3D models to make them look, like, real. And and then at some point, Midway shut them down because they were going to make their own high-definition remake of Mortal Kombat, and then they never did it. That's so weird. I, I don't even know why they would want to do an HD remake I mean, nostalgia reasons. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's a fun game to play, but that seems like something that, sure, let the fans do it and bless it if it's good. Dude, that's what I would do. Like, if I had a company and there's people who are that interested that they were going to do that work on their own time, I would monitor it. Like, I would see what was going on. But at no point would I be like, all right, kids, you better stop. Because if I have no intention of doing it myself, and I know that at the end of this... I could just fucking... Like, especially if they're people doing the work in their free time. They have no right to the project if it's using a license. So you can just be like, hey, give them fucking whatever. If you feel like you're going to make like a lot of money off it, like give the kids like 50 grand or something for their trouble. It's still cheaper than paying you know, a whole room full of nerds to make the game. And that kid's still going to be like, hey, cool, they gave me a check for 50 grand or whatever, even if that's totally not what that kid's time was worth. At the end of the day, that's better than just canceling the game and they don't get anything. Yeah, right. Wasn't the Star Trek IP holders kind of quietly letting folks do their own thing for a long time before they stepped in and said, you can't do this anymore? I've, I've never really watched the whole things, but I, I remember there were some people who were making something in the style of 1960s Star Trek. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it's called, but it looks pretty good. Like, I mean, the accurate-looking sets and, like, the way they make the uh, the camera look and stuff. I mean, they have different actors playing the roles, but they're essentially just, like, new Star Trek adventures. And I think they just sort of let them do it. Yeah, I was... I remember... I'm not a big Star Trek person, but I, I remember kind of following that for the longest time. And I thought they stepped in and said, nope, you can't do this anymore, and then couldn't remember if there was some type of agreement or what the actual grievance was. Well, I think it's like the same with most, like the same with the Star Wars ones as well. Like you can't make money from it. You can't crowdfund. I think that's one of the rules. It's a, well, whatever. Anyway, look, let's, (laughs) this is my awesome segue to listen to more music. We're going to go forward here and move to uh, 2019. You added uh, a little album called Summer 1983. And uh, this is a track called Remember Sailor by 2D Cat.
And that was Remember Sailor by 2D Cat. And I'm here with 2D Cat right now, Johan. Well, we've been talking about a lot of stuff here today. A lot of interesting topics. We've covered a lot of ground. That's cool. It's always fun to learn new things. I like learning. I, I remember the I, last time that we couldn't come into work was when I wrote Remember Sailor. And I think it was about a year ago when we were in a, a giant snowstorm and the city shut down. I kind of look back at that and go, huh, you get a lot of stuff done when you're not allowed to physically go into work. Yeah, no, that's true. I'm hoping to sort of take advantage of the situation right now and uh, get some stuff done. I have a lot of, I mean, I've said this on the show a lot, but uh, to me, virtual clutter gives me just as much stress as real clutter. And when there are projects that need to be finished and things like deadlines and stuff over my head, like it's just as much stress as like walking into a room that's just covered in garbage. If the desktop of my computer has fucking icons everywhere and files and stuff, like it's the same thing mentally. Yeah, I I get that. 100%. So that's why we can fucking take this time and finish off our shit, right? (laughs) Exactly. I'm sure as hell not hidden outside. Yeah. (laughs) I I always knew that we'd be in one of those bad 80s dystopian films, but I thought that it would be a lot cooler than this. This is like one of those really, really bad 80s dystopian films, but without any of the ridiculous really cool gangs like from Bronx Warriors or anything. I mean, I understand obviously like it can be very stressful for people and stuff too, but I mean you know, when I think of previous generations who have had like really serious things happen and for us, I mean, like it's still weird to be like, oh, we're on a lockdown or whatever, but then it's like, you can watch Netflix, like there's things, like, you know what I mean? Like there's all these things we can do. I think it's just weird when you're told you can't do something even if you weren't going to do it anyways. That's my favorite part about lockdown. It's just like, oh, you know, you can't leave the whatever. I'm like, oh, you don't tell me what to do. And then I think like, well, I, I wouldn't have gone outside anyway. So I don't know. It's just when you're told you can't, it changes things. I am definitely one of those rule breaker type persons where they, as soon as someone tells me I can't do something, I'm going to do it. But this is one of the few times, like whenever I had to, to fly back to DC this weekend, I was very cognizant of staying the heck away from like, it's like, oh, oh this guy's six feet away from or close to me i I gotta get another (laughs) foot this is it was just terrible yeah i i I didn't like that i don't like any sort of situations that make you overly suspicious of other people like i feel bad for people who cough like uh, my brother is like a heavy smoker and so he's got like the smoker's cough and so now we're in a situation where anytime you hear a cough you just like fucking turn and stare at the person like what the fuck (laughs) you know like yeah i i could definitely understand that there is this old lady uh in front of me at the post office i had a unfortunately head out to to ship out a bunch of stuff this morning and uh the lady in front of me at the post office kept talking and i was like i I, i'm just gonna leave for like 20 minutes and come back yeah (laughs) it's not gonna do anything but give me the false sense of, of confidence in my head that it's gonna somehow not get me contagious if she does have whatever yeah same thing happened to me see i went down the post office and there's this old lady who like kept coughing in front of me and so i just started making out with her <laughs> and then they say oh that's not a good thing to do i'm like fuck like i don't know what the hell's going on i mean she's gonna die in yeah. <laughs> a couple days anyways yeah, so yeah it's the least you could do made her life a little bit better yeah i hope so i don't know unless she wasn't into me i mean like that's pretty presumptuous on my part just to assume like look any old lady's gonna love making out with me i assumed it was consensual that that's <laughs> oh <laughs> well that's because you're such a good guy you see i like the way you look at things yeah we, we just fast forward the boring parts of that conversation where you tried to woo her by offering her to buy her fancy stamps and she was like oh yeah. i really like the rose ones yeah that's and how i pick up fucking like, old ladies <laughs> 
Oh, well, enchanté, my dear. Let me buy you the most fancy stamps. You know, actually, I had a stamp collection when I was a kid. It was, remember there was a... In Canada, we had this series where there, it was about space travel, and they had, like, hologram stamps. Huh. That's actually pretty cool. That was the coolest one. I think my dad tried to get me to, like, be into his hobbies, and, like, they didn't take. I had a penny collection and a stamp collection. I'm like, eh, not for me. <laughs> yeah, not really going to do much with pennies. Yeah, although days. I do... Wherever the fuck my stupid penny collection is, I feel like I got one old one, but they're not, like, super old. But I feel like I have a Canadian penny from either 1932 or 23. That was, like, the oldest one I found. And now we don't even have pennies anymore, so... I collect, uh, toilet paper and hand sanitizer. (laughs) It's a a glorious collection that I have. You, You can't buy literally anything anywhere, but I do have this giant booze collection, and... I do have quite a bit of booze that is incredibly high proof, so I've just been throwing that together with aloe and essential oils and bingo bongo. I have hand sanitizer. Nice. You're a, you're a very resourceful guy. <laughs> still don't, still can't find toilet paper, though. <laughs> um, how about this? Let's listen to uh, one more track here, and then maybe we can fucking uh, wind down. This was one, so you can explain this. You mentioned this uh, earlier, but you have this your newest album uh, as of the time of us recording this called Delaware is Burning and there's some bizarro artwork that I'd like you to explain to me but uh, let's listen to the titular track this is Delaware is Burning by 2D Cat
And that was 2D Cat with the track Delaware is Burning. And I'm here right now with 2D Cat Johan. Hey. Hi. How's it going? Good. Actually, I got a question. Sure. Because a lot of your tracks uh, have uh, vocals in them. Do you just do those ones where you like, where the people sell like vocals online? It's a mix, yes, but uh, going forward, that's not going to be the case. Because I recognized there was a track of um, Morgan Willis's that I really liked. And then I recognized those same vocals. Mm-hmm. I think it was that song, Coma. And so that's what made me think that, because I was like, oh, okay, like, because I know there is there is artists out there who sell, like, vocals for tracks that you can just sort of do what you want with them. Right. So that was supposed to be a, a temporary thing until we found a vocalist. There's been so many people who have said, yeah, sure, and then they just kind of flake out, which is, I guess, kind of standard in the music industry is a lot of people promise to do things and just kind of fall through. But uh, I think that we have a solution now, and that will also result in us being able to do a lot more live shows now, which is going to be good. You know, some of your tracks are female vocals and male vocals, so have you... uh have you settled on a gender for the singer? Yes, female vocalist. And uh, Alf is, he used to sing, but he says he wants to do some more lessons before he starts singing again. So we actually might kind of go back into a, a mix of female and male vocals. Just kind of depends on who's available and, and willing and able to tour. So there's another dude involved in this? Right. So uh, Alf, who was doing the guitar work in 3 a.m., and a couple other songs is involved with this, but he's just been really busy with work these days and hasn't really been able to contribute much. So hopefully he'll be more active uh, in the coming releases. Does he live near you? He does. Uh, he lives in D.C., one of the, the service uh, industry folks that uh, I have close ties with. Alf. Yes, Swedish guy, Swedish Alf. You're Johan and Alf? Yeah, uh, the, the international trio that we have going on with uh, Chloe being from New Zealand. All right, so then what's Chloe do? She will be doing uh, vocals. All right, good. <laughs> I like I, I save these questions for like two minutes before the conversation's over. Like, so uh, <laughs> explain your band. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the rest of the members would love that uh, this conversation's going to be fucking 80% about fucking semiconductors. That's <laughs> I think they're fine with it. It's mostly kind of, or it has been up until this point pretty much been my project with them kind of coming on full time it will be our project going forward so i'm sure there won't be too much angst or, or ill will in that in that category good so then uh finally before we finish off what is uh going on in this artwork on the delaware is burning uh so um al al the poster on twitter is a close friend of mine who i know from c-spam and from uh bread and roses so uh i I like working with people who i've worked with in the past and whose art that i appreciate so i've worked with him in two day uh, did some of the artwork uh in the last release on the cassette tape in the inner area so i'll be working with those guys more in the future but uh basically i kind of said al i am looking for an evil chris coons looking over uh the The Delaware hellscape. Is that what that asshole looks like? Yeah, that's what Chris Coons looks like. But uh, yeah, that was kind of the guidance that I gave Al. I was like, hey, I want Chris Coons looking over a burning Delaware uh, landscape. And that's kind of what we came up with. He's got this weird, like, the shape of his head. There was this, ah, there's this Doctor Who episode from, like, the fucking 70s. I'm trying to remember what the hell it was called. 
colony in space? You're talking about one of the Tom Baker ones, right? No, no, it's earlier. It's a it's a John Pertwee one, and it, it's got the master in it. They go to like this space colony, and there's this weird little alien that is like just a little puppet, and it has like the same face. <laughs> The same gotta, face just, and the same sort of bobble-looking head. Just this weird, creepy thing. I haven't watched that one too often. I actually completely forget the story of it. I will try and find it this afternoon. There was a colony in space. That's all I remember. But half the time, the titles don't always relate to exactly what's happening. Okay, so good. So I get it now. So look, we've covered... <clears throat> don't know why I'm doing a wrap-up here. Semiconductors. Talking to Congress. Fucking <laughs> Chris Coons. Motherfucking Chris Coons. <laughs> It's the only way you could say his name. We, we, we love to talk politics here on Beyond Synth, so uh, I'm sure it'll make my listeners real happy. <laughs> well, I don't think... Love do people, screwing up podcasts. Yeah, do people really care too much about, like, Congress? Everyone hates Congress, so... Is that, like, a universal, like, even if, like, you're talking with a conservative, can you get along on the, the hatred of Congress? Or does it depend on the majority? No, you know what? I don't want to talk about this. Okay, so... <laughs> point is uh, it was nice to chat with you save you keep on making cool music and keep on uh, fighting the good fight in congress on behalf of the uh, integrated circuit uh. <laughs> all right listen you have a lovely day and it was nice chatting with you and uh we'll uh, we'll talk again sometime man where where can people go what's the website 2dcat.com <laughs> You cut me off guard because I never update it. I would just try and follow what I'm doing on Twitter or in Bandcamp would be the, the easiest places, uh, at the 2D Cat or 2D Cat, whatever, Bandcamp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, you have a, you have a lovely day and uh, stay safe out there and uh, drink some rum. I shall do that. You stay safe as well. Right, and that was my chat with 2D Cat. It sounds funny because it rhymes. Uh, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $15 Club. There's Prophet of Jupiter, Six Mill, Gus Velichek, Hampus ML, and Chatterack. And of course, uh, a special thanks to Mads Baron Christensen. And we will never forget the immortal Chris Celia Lane. And look, I hope you guys are having a lovely week. Uh, tune in next time to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is, where we're going to listen to lots of awesome music and talk to a bunch of cool people take care of yourselves stay safe be cool and i will talk to you next time If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it by going to patreon.com slash beyondsynth, or you can donate directly on beyondsynth.com. Beyond Synth can be found on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. And remember to like and subscribe to Beyond Synth on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. Until next time... Until next time.